Welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a seat. My name is Isaac. I'm here with my co-host for the month. Rachel Latakpa. Hello, everyone. Hi. I like how I, that I was the audience in that moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hi. We see each other. It's beautiful. The audience. So, like usual, we have a, like, schedule. That a we dinner had, schedule. A dinner or schedule. Or an eating schedule. Rather, eating schedule. Because we're at the table, right? Yeah. So, we got the appetizer where we kind of acclimate you to... Uh, what we're gonna be, what the vibes are for today? Oh, come on, vibes! <laughs> um, and then Love we it. do our dinner, which is the substance of it all. Where we have a extended conversation uh, today about uh, what's our title? Creating joy. Creating joy. Yeah. So that's our dinner conversation for tonight or today, wh- whatever time it is for you. Yeah. And then we'll have whatever dessert. You're to this. Yeah, we'll, we'll just chat a little bit. You know the usual. I love that. Okay, let's check in. Okay. So. In one word, because I'm complicated and I do this all the time to people. I'd like to essentialize things with one word. (laughs) Yeah. So in one word, how are you feeling right now in this moment at this time and this day and this year? Uh, In this universe. Floaty. Okay. Um, Because I don't want to like use a word that has like value, like Mm -hmm. good or bad. Um. Because I would feel, like, drained, but yeah. I'm also, like, content or, like, achieve, like moving forward. But I would just say floating. Like, I'm occupying. I was talking to somebody earlier about this, how I feel like, you know, as a queer black woman, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. you are always occupying a liminal space. But I feel like because of the proliferation of, like, horror um, and yeah, just bad things that that liminal space has exploded. And so there's no way for me to move in between um, the performances um, of survival and then the inherent liminality that, like, I occupy in, like, a, quote, neutral position, like, in a neutral situation or context. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the liminality's exploded, so I'm just floating and there's no way to go back to the ground, if I ever was at the ground. So you're a balloon that's floating in the air. I'm like a deflated balloon that's still somehow floating. Or like a daffodil? Like no, one no, of those no, things. no, 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 I'm a dandelion seed. Yes, yes, yes. That's my favorite flower, everyone. I want everybody to know that. People say that dandelions are weeds, and that's just because you don't have any love in your heart. Dandelions are <laughs> my favorite flower, and then followed by, um, or in conjunction with sunflowers. So. Oh, I love that. You're no, very no. Kansas. Oh, my God. You're that's so Kansas. rude, Isaac. No, it's not. No, it's what? not. I literally have so many friends from Kansas who are like, what are you doing? I'm going to get, like, I have a friend who has a sunflower tattoo, and, like, in my head, I'm like, so Kansas. Oh, my so God. Kansas. I didn't even realize that about myself. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. I'll unpack that later. <laughs> Isaac, what's one word to describe how you feel in this present time, moment, <sighs> space? Mm, I'm somewhere in between exhausted mm-hmm. and um, empty. Mm-hmm. I, like because exhausted is very particular, but empty and is full in a lot of ways. Yeah, like yeah. where you're full with like I'm exhausted because I'm angry. I'm exhausted because of this. Like there can be like things attached a to it, list, yeah. but like emptiness simultaneously in the sense that I don't have anything there to continue moving forward, and so. I'm trying to reckon with this is like I have these like once a month where I get to this point where like I've boiled up to the point and like everything's flown out of it. And I have like an episode and like I like 
inflict pain on myself instead of inflicting pain on the world because that's who I am as a person, Mm -hmm. which like I had this conversation with somebody the other day. The only thing that makes um, people who like harm themselves and sociopaths different is the way that they choose to enact the violence, Um, which kind of messes me up because now that makes me like fine lines. Yeah, like very fine lines of like, oh, how are we going to take care of the people who are shooting up schools? Maybe the same way that we should take care of people who want to harm themselves, like let them know that they're seen. Let them know that their feelings are valid and that there's a way that we can push through them. But regardless, that's a whole other conversation. That's restorative justice that we're talking about, which is right in alignment with creating a joyful, liberated, black, queer, colored future. Right. Transitions? Transitions. Transitions. Let's move. But like, yeah, that's yeah. basically where I'm at. Well, is I'm like, also thinking of like a teapot and like we're t- we c- keep talking about seeing each other, right? Right. And you're talking about being empty but also exhausted. And when you don't take your tea off or like your tea kettle off the, the burner, um, the water will evaporate out. The, the pot will It'll be disappear, empty. Yeah. Um, so even though it was full, is full and has expended all of its energy, you know, via evaporation right. because you didn't listen to this cry for help. You know, the whistle of the teapot, oh it's now empty. So, yeah, that's just what I was visualizing. Yo, you know how much I love a good analogy. <laughs> you and you just love, gave me. You love analogies. You just uh, gave me the best analogy of my life. Yeah. That was, so listen to our screams for help. Our Maybe, screams for help. Yeah. AKA our whistles. And then you can have a nice hot cup of tea with us. <gasps> Ah, ah, I love yes. that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. That was a good transition. <laughs> I lived for that. Okay. All of that was good. Yeah. Okay. So, for our appetizer, we're going to talk about black joy. We're going to deep dive into it. Okay. So, what is black joy? At least for you. Like, I feel like it manifests in different ways for different people. Black joy is when I can breathe. Mm hmm. And move and be okay. And mm. that's a tall order. That's you a know? tall order. Um, it's when I'm not... Um, so this is like the baseline of it, right? It's right. when... The, these are the rudimentary requirements <laughs> for <laughs> us to achieve black joy. It's when I'm not anxious about how my body is showing up, mm-hmm. if it's at risk, what like how people are reading me. It's where I'm not feeling suffocated by... Um, just oppression in general um or it's like at a mar- like we're in a bubble and it's like there but mm-hmm. we're in a bubble and it's fine so that's the baseline but black joy manifests in any goddamn way that it wants to like we yeah it's expansive it, it's, it's very expansive, expansive. Yeah. yes that is the best way to describe it because it is something that takes a lot of time and energy to create. To cultivate, yeah. Yeah, to create and cultivate. Because creating turn- safety to begin with, <sighs> that's a lot of energy. Right, like, and how do, like, and it's not energy that we can only do by ourselves because creating safety as, like, a black, brown, mm-hmm. queer individual, like, anybody outside of the margins is, like, we have to have a privileged person also help us because that's the only way that we actually can truly have safety because mm-hmm. the moment, like, black people get together, police officers show up right. for some odd damn reason. Mm-hmm. Not really odd. It's just the way that just white people like to call. Yeah. Like, white people like to call the police on black bodies walking together. But, like, there's that. There's so many layers of, like, how that is just so expensive. And, oh, God. I didn't even think about it like that. Like, when I think of Black Joy, I'm always like, oh, yeah, I get to, like, dance and, like, get free. But, like, the thing is, I think Black Joy is the drunk, like, being drunk in, like, the sense of, like, being, like, impaired enough to not realize that the world around you is shit. Mm -hmm. And it's so ephemeral and 
comes at a high cost sometimes. Yeah. Every single time. Like, because it's like when, like, I feel like, Rachel, you've seen me drunk. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people have seen me Uh drunk. I am a social butterfly. I don't give a fuck about anything. Like, I'm just like, move, get out of my way. A whole drag queen can be performing on stage. Here comes Isaac walking across the path of the drag queen. Mm -hmm. They're telling him to move or them to move. And it's like, um, no. Try me again another Try- time. Yes, yeah, so please run Call up back on me. Later, like- <laughs> Try and kick me out of this venue. Yeah. Fight mm-hmm. me if you want to. I will win. Like, because I don't care. And, like, that's the thing. I feel like Black Joy is not caring. Finally being free to not care. That was a very concise way of saying what I rambled on about for a while. Because yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, because that's when I feel free. Ah, I don't know if this is, like, podcast friendly or not. But I'm just saying that um, when I don't have to care... Um, that is, that's like, that's it. That's amazing. That's yeah. It. Yeah. And I don't like, okay, what does not caring look like for you? So we can make it podcast friendly as you said that it wouldn't be podcast friendly. And then I realized what you meant by that. Um, <laughs> like, d- yeah, I don't know. Um, not caring is like, I just love to like dance and sing and like mm-hmm. be around people and that are like happy and like not harmful. Right. Um, which is weird because I'm very like introverted and like, can is I'm often drained by being around people, but like that's a sphere in which I experience joy yeah. and like not caring, um, you know, given that the circumstances are right. But yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I think the times that I feel like I don't care is those times when I don't feel like I'm a spectacle. Um, which is not often. Um I have to go deep inside my head to not feel like a spectacle, which is right. weird. Like, you have to traverse, like, layers of your mind still viewing you like that to get down to the... Because I feel like we're always performing, right? Like, that's just how we are as humans. All humans perform. But, like, the performing authenticity part of it is where things get murky. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to be authentic and not performing when you don't have to keep up a barrier of protection for -hmm. your own self-preservation. And so, like... The only times that I don't feel like a spectacle are the times where I am safely in my home and I'm drunk and I'm hanging out with one person, mm-hmm. literally just one, because then I'm not hosting anything. And we're talking about something or we're watching a movie or we're doing something that is like mundane. But those are the, the purest moments for me. Like, ugh, Yes, God. let me repeat that. I love doing normal, boring shit sometimes I love because that means that I'm normal that I'm that I am human mm-hmm. because that step one and that I'm normal because I'm just doing normal mundane things you right know? yeah like I wish I wish we didn't live in a world where watching Black Panther meant that we had to have a social lens and like look on it I wish I could have just watched it and not felt anything mm-hmm. but because of the world that we live in I had to feel everything We're so while far watching away it. from that world but like like uh, eons, oh it feels like. I wish I was ten again. Or not ten, not even ten. Like eight. Let's do like six to eight. Six to eight. When I was like six to eight years old. The years that I don't really necessarily remember, but know were okay. Like playing <laughs> yeah. Pokemon games and just wishing that I was Ash Ketchum. Right. Like that was the normal mundane shit that I wish I had right now. Because mm-hmm. even now, like thinking about Pokemon, like. I'm thinking about what, which, po- well, actually, no. Like, Pokemon is a really good safe place for me. Good. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, Pokemon is not bad. Like, there we go. Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, let and me I'm go get a 3DS today. Of, like, how this is exacerbated because um, because of our identities, we have to hyper-perform. Right. And, like, not, not just in, like, how we move through the world, but, like, we are overachievers. Like, our resumes 
have to be with better than yeah, like yeah like if there, there's a there smudge on it be. literally you can't put a smudge on a resume on a like electronically sent <laughs> resume but for some reason i literally am cleaning my screen to make sure that it looks good yeah when i send it and so when so even outside of like if you can even like propose this outside of like our intersected identities like because we're always high achieving and doing so much just doing normal things like having time to cook dinner or grocery shopping or like lay on the floor for a few minutes that also is really like satisfying to do because it means i don't have to be running um and doing something yeah right rest rest (gasps) rest rest is black joy joy in general i think that black rest is subversive yo (laughs) it's subversive Wow. Sit with that for a second. Yeah. Because what is blackness but to be exploited for your labor? The whole entire and time. And to you rest. Exist. Wow. Damn, go take a nap, everybody. Like Literally <laughs> let's nap. go resist. Yeah. Oh huh. man. Okay. That's real. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> My God. Okay. So how do we reclaim joy from whiteness, heteronormativity, the privileged, etc.? How do we reclaim it? Um, I'm by using your medium, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm a writer, a poet more specifically. And, you know, with my research too, um, it's all about like writing yourself into existence. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And revising dominant cultural myths, um, whether that be like, then that's everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So revising those things, um, with whatever medium you have or like whatever power you have um whether that be in healing or like i don't know conducting your research or cruising in the country i don't know but revising those myths Mm -hmm. um by existing unapologetically and like manifesting yourself um as authentically as you can right um that's reclamation i think for me yeah i think for me it's creativity Mm -hmm. like the innovative like innovation has been something that blackness and like marginalized identities are like good at yeah like you have to create things to survive and sustain in a world yeah Yeah, like you have to but like even with that like creating things that bring joy um i'm thinking more of like storytelling through music Mm -hmm. um rap blues rock Mm -hmm. rock and roll was created by a black femme like mm-hmm. we need to be very clear about that. All like music. all music <laughs> yeah. has been created by black yeah. and brown bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of these things, like mm-hmm. cultures, continents, like empires, all were built because of the creativity and the joy that like our bodies exude because mm-hmm. of who we are as people. And that's not to like do the hotep thing of like we're queen kings <laughs> right. and queens of things. God, it's just no hoteps no, here. <laughs> no, we're just innovative. Mm-hmm. We're just really good at like creating spaces and creating spaces that other people want to steal and claim for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then we create other ones. Yeah. And we just keep creating and always are moving. Always and, on that hustle. Right. Like the like the it's really fascinating how a lot of the times, like, white culture is always like, here's the mainstream where it's like, we're going to use on fleek. But I heard that shit four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, we are always five steps ahead of the game because we are the creators of the content. And until it becomes mainstream culture, it doesn't matter. Like, social media has made it e- easier for whiteness to access it. Mm-hmm. But y'all ain't going to get my lingo. You're I'm not going to get me. Solange, as I always am, a seat at the table. And the song F-U-B-U, For Us, for us By Us. us. Uh, um, and I think about also that. Also the shoes. And, Very good shoe line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm just thinking about like my own work and stuff like that and how 
um this has been a question in the past few years too like how do we make things that aren't that because you're talking about like how can i go see black panther without having to have a critical lens how can i create something without it having to be something you know what i'm saying like and i don't know that we ever can or if that's even what i want but i'm interested in like what our lives would exist as in a vacuum like right. Sun Ra, you know, like mm-hmm. when he was like, let's just go to a different planet and here's what it looks like and here's what we do. Um, that's that's the kind of stuff that I want to explore more in my own work. And I think that that would have value in kind of manifesting or envisioning um, a liberated future. I love that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. OK, last question last for, the appetizer. for the appetizer. Does Black Joy have to be moments or can it be a lifestyle? Wow. I just got hit in the face with that question. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it, looked at it, read it three times, and was like, I don't have this answer. I don't. Oh, wow. A lifestyle. I mean, I'm thinking. So my immediate answer is no. Right. Because to me, Black Joy is ephemeral because it's always going to be snatched away by something right. at any moment. But at the same time, I'm trying to think about my own, like, radical practice and, like, what I espouse and what I try to embody myself. And even though I may not always feel joy, I think that operating with within a framework of joy can be a lifestyle. So, like, mm-hmm. a radical politic. Um, but, like, I'm definitely not joyful all the time <laughs> if that's, like, at the root of that question. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, not everybody's joyful, but, like... I'm thinking about this from a very biblical church going okay. sense of Yeah, I need illumination here. Right. Um <laughs> so whenever I was growing up and like when I was really active in like church and stuff like that, uh-huh. they always talked about don't let nobody steal your joy. And I now in this day and age of like black bodies dying at the hands of police often, black bodies um not having access to like clean water, um, black trans women dying at higher rates and higher numbers than most people. I always find my joy fleeting, right? Right. And I remember when I was going to church and they were like, Isaac, you can't be happy all the time. There's no possible way to be happy all the time, but you can always have your joy. You can always go back to that. And so like in that sense, like in for churchgoers and people who are like probably missionary Baptist and missionary <laughs> Baptists only, mm-hmm. like they believe that joy is this like sense of having God inside of you at all times and therefore nothing bad, anything bad that happens to you can be bad, but you have the resiliency to keep pushing through it because Mm -hmm. you have joy in your heart. And so when I think about black joy or I think of joy in that context, I think it can be a lifestyle and I think it can be a lifestyle outside of like biblical and like religious terms too. I just don't know what it feels like to have that, without having to feel like you have to be resilient all the time because it's also exhausting and it's Mm -hmm. also labor and that's also like self-preservation but self-preservation through like not actually engaging with your own trauma so like because like that whole entire sense is like oh yeah like i have joy and like all these bad things are happening but god's got me like you have to put it on an external being to like keep you together i'm trying to figure out a way to have that as a lifestyle where i don't have to put it on an external being just be like yo isaac like whatever's going on in your life you still got you mm-hmm. but i don't know what that feels like i don't know what that looks like Cause i'm still working you? on it yeah because i can't see myself right so how am i supposed to know what i am and how i am if i can't and see myself seeing yourself. yes maybe that's the next level of that wokeness like <laughs> building yeah, things seeing yourself stages, finally yeah well i really Ugh. i really like i really like that a lot and i also like that 
like the problematizing of resiliency because that was my critique of it as well um because like when you put it like that i would say that like yes i do have a joyful lifestyle like Mm -hmm. yes because like so much shit happens but i keep going but like that resiliency is not problematic but it's it's exhausting it is exhausting i was talking to one of my friends the other day about like contradictions and how we deal in those in order to survive and you know self-care has been co-opted and stuff and it's become in my opinion an excuse for white people to not do anything because they're self-caring or whatever but for people like us who are experiencing trauma day in and day out constantly and who are doing work um they propose that like ignoring those kinds of cognitive dissonances or um, complications as a way to like to disengage essentially, you know what I'm saying? So disengage with all of the, the intersections that are being like played at constantly. And I don't know if that's an answer, but it's, uh, I feel like that's something different than resiliency. Like, I, I don't know that it's the right thing, but it's an alternative I think to, persevering you know what i'm saying but it still keeps you going because you're like in a vacuum that you've (laughs) right on your own you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah. i don't know it's It's, complicated it's very complicated um which we're not gonna have the answers and like our answer is probably not gonna be like a universal answer for all like people who are us and have our identities but yeah we're just chatting we're just chatting like we usually do yeah okay well we're gonna chat a little bit later and we're gonna take a break right now okay um but we'll be back See you in a bit? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm saving this forever. <laughs> and we're back. So, Rachel, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about utopian. Ooh. Utopianism. Okay. Cupac style. So okay. this is going to be really cool. So I'm going to define utopianism real quick. Love those definitions of terms. Right. Yes. So the belief in or pursuit of a state in which everything is perfect, typically regarded as unrealistic, idealistic, which like unfair because like it should be realistic and idealistic. But um, anyway, yeah, the utopian. Utopianism. Yeah, whatever that is. Um, so how can we make are utopianism or like utopianism in general inclusive because i feel like that's the most important thing because we always want to go to like intersectionality Mm -hmm. for all the white people in the world and listening to this podcast like how do you make that utopianism encapsulate everyone um because a lot of time it doesn't at least in the spaces i've been in when we talk about utopias so I think it has a lot to do because I mentioned earlier in this about like revising mythology mm-hmm. and in that you have to like center different narratives. And so maybe like an egalitarian way of like engaging with people's nuances and subjectivities. And then as a result of that, um, I guess this is a more of a methodology to utopia yeah. as opposed to an inclusive utopia. But like to me, utopia is inherently inclusive, uh, but that's it probably be. not true for everybody. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about, so the actual construction of this utopia would revolve around access um, to food, water, air, land, um, energy, joy. Yeah. Um, Everything. Like meeting people where they're at. Yes. Like, yes, like my utopia would meet everyone where they're at yeah. and give to them what they need. Um, but also 
holding people accountable to the fact that they might need less than other people Mm -hmm. um, and making them sit and unlearn and unpack all of the reasons why that they can't have extra stuff Mm -hmm. just because somebody needs more. Yeah. Accountability and access. Mm -hmm. Damn. That sounds like almost any like inclusivity report, you know, think they like to draft up in the reform sphere of like, we're going to fix the system. Yeah. Let's have. So like, how do we push past that? Can I, okay. Do you have, do you have a follow up question? No. Before I go on, I'm I'm just thinking about like, at the center of my utopia, is two things. Well, it's kind of just one thing. There's no borders, mm-hmm. and there's no prison. Like there's no carceral system. Right. Those are two things that I hold at like the top of in a lot of ways of my utopia. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, yeah, 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 because that both of those things cause so much problem. And it, it creates that moral justification in like imprisoning people. Like, mm-hmm. I guess like I guess like to even go further to that, it's like my utopia wouldn't have morals in a sense of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody would be good. Good everybody's already good yeah. so there's no reason for us there's to have no a value bad. judgment and imposition yeah and then punish wow so it's past that see this is what's difficult about having conversations about utopianism or afrofuturism or liberated futures or whatever because like what level do we want to be at like am i talking about utopia within the next hundred years am i talking about utopia in the space age like where mm-hmm. where are we located at um because like saying my utopia wouldn't have morals that's like a space age thing to right, me, right you know um but like hell yeah um because b- because i think even with that statement like it may seem like super out there right mm-hmm. but imagine if the people who were raised and like we can like check like what happened to them and how they ended up in prison and how they ended up choosing to murder a whole bunch of people and like what if we just took those moments and like flipped them what if we made like that poor childhood where they didn't have a like father maybe they inserted a good father figure in that moment what happens when you insert things that would implement stages that would change that whole entire narrative for that person Mm -hmm. because the thing is like once somebody causes trauma on somebody else, there's a reason that trauma is being caused because the other person has gone through trauma. So if we can make sure that we don't induce that trauma, then we don't have any bad people. I'm literally thinking mothers are so great. When I was a kid um, and I would like tell my mom about like bullies or people at school who were just like mean, um, she would always tell me to like not be too harsh on that. Like obviously defend the people who are being yeah. hurt, but to remember that like they're coming from somewhere too. Exactly. Damn. This see why am I radical? Because my mama like. <laughs> Let's all talk about God. where radicalism came from. Mothers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Just and that's the like the core of uh, restorative justice, right? Exactly. Which is what I'm about is looking at where things come from and then fixing the root problem. Angela Davis says radical is grasping things. It's just grasping things as the root. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's, that's utopianism. Yeah, utopianism that's... is radical um, and it's grasping things as the root. And just making sure that we have everybody... Because, like, I'm thinking of, like, what we talk about in social work about, like, the safety net mm-hmm. of, like, catching people and how that's, like, which it's a Band-Aid solution, but it is what it is um, in the society that we live in because of the right. puppeteers you know, where and are stuff we like that. Talking about that. Yeah, yeah, but um, the safety net of, like, catching people and having, like, 
TANF and like um, food stamps, all of those different things are services that catch people so they don't fall all the way down. Um, but there's holes in it, right? right? I'm thinking that like utopianism and like my idea of what a utopia would look like is that net being like fully like there's everything's patched up, everything's good, and it's just like like a trampoline kind of effect. Like you hit it and you come all the way back up. Like, but everybody's oh, hitting it. Wow. Everybody's jumping back and down because it's it's fun. It's a game. I'm just imagining like a at. trampoline in like big pink fluffy clouds and yeah. we're just like all bouncing around and like happy. And we got food and we got water yeah. and we have breathable air and everybody everything's accessible. Yeah. And it's like, that's all I ever would wish for. And you know, in theory, these, I don't know. I don't want to like, put this in but like these things are so simple all we're they asking feel for simple, is right? food and water and a place to live literally you know? the united nations has a list of things that makes mm-hmm. your world like perfect and uh-huh. it's very very it's simple. so simple um and that hurts you know yeah because i look at the world and i'm like this doesn't like this truly does not have to be the way that it is um and just to know that there's so little in terms of like because it's like capitalism and like white supremacy, like mm-hmm. very huge things. But like, damn, if we just fix those two things, like maybe it would be better, you know? Like, yeah. it, I don't know. And I've mentioned this before, I think, but like if people just had the smallest amount of cognizance of their positionality and their power um, and like power politics in general, like maybe we could deconstruct those things and it wouldn't be such a big stretch to like get rid of white supremacy and capitalism. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. But and being cognizant of yourself is part of revising the mythology, right. being authentically self, interrogating what parts of your identity are functioning in what ways, why you act the way you act. Um, so critical engagement. Yeah, everybody would have a therapist in oh, my utopia. Damn. Everybody would have a therapist. Meta therapy. Because oh, like the God. therapists have therapists, of course. They have it's just, to. It's just meta therapy. Everybody has a therapist. Everybody shows up for each other. Right. Everybody sees each other. Everybody sees each other. <sighs> That'd be beautiful. Yo. Thinking about a world that doesn't exist but could possibly exist because it's very simple to make it exist. It's mm-hmm. like it's emotion like it's emotional because yeah. it's like obviously there's like these simple facts that we can clearly change and we can clearly discuss, but because of power politics right. and the way that like power is like drunkening because now I'm going back to that idea of like that we have to understand where they're coming from like power is like power puts blinders on people mm-hmm. to the point that it's like I don't want to give up this power because right now it feels and it looks like everything's okay right. and the fact that right. I can recognize that and also recognize what it feels like to be oppressed mm-hmm. and not because I've ever understood power but because the only thing that we do critique is and work from is that like from a power position Mm -hmm. how are we going to do education we have to think about the most powerful and then work down like everything is centered at the powerful it's like i know what how to navigate whiteness because i'm black and whiteness i know how to navigate like straight places because Mm -hmm. i'm queer in straight places like Mm -hmm. but nobody's talking about how straight people get to like have to navigate queerness Mm -hmm. nobody's talking about how like white people have to navigate blackness silence right like we're you know this this kind of problematic in some ways, but just like nobody wants to engage with their uncomfortability. Like right. nobody wants to sit with their anger. Nobody wants to sit with their uncomfortability. Nobody wants to sit with their like guilt. Nobody wants to sit with 
history because I'm thinking about, you know, I say like it would be so simple to just fix white supremacy and capitalism. <laughs> but then we've got to deal with history, too, because who's been displaced, who's been murdered, who's been um, traumatized? Because um, I guess in my utopia too, this whole like, I don't know intergenerational trauma wouldn't exist right um oh my god <laughs> like, like that's uh, a fundamental part of being able to actually experience and enjoy and participate in utopia would be like the absence of intergenerational trauma um uh, <sighs> which is tr- probably truly impossible but um i don't know we need to sit with history and sit with who we are and then we can get somewhere right that's real I feel very sullen right now. I feel like my voice even reflects that somehow because I'm just sitting here thinking about all that we could have and all that we don't. Right. And how far away we are from any kind of peace or love or understanding. But but still like okay because I'm thinking of the ways that we show up for each other. Uh-huh. So even though it's a grand absence, it's also like an intense fullness. Like what well, what you were saying about being exhausted. Exhausted and empty and at the empty. same time. Yeah. Cuz it is it is that double-edged sword of like going back to like joy. Mm-hmm. Like I feel joy in moments because of the other people who can see me. Right. But at the same exact time, I know I can see so much more. Mm-hmm. And because I can see so much more, it makes it so difficult to talk about these things because right. it's like it seems so simple from me and from my vantage point because I can see what it looks like for everybody else but like to encompass all of that and try and get that person all the way in the center who can't see anything else to see that that's the work that needs to be done but in the work that is being done but it's it's like pulling somebody like 500 miles left of where they're centered at and making them be like look look at this look at the things authentic or just like happy or joyful or anything when you know that ultimately that doesn't matter exactly when ultimately what matters is how dominant culture perceives you and projects their fantasies and mythologies onto you and that is ultimately what will prevail um and that's hard that's why you know we had our cast about mental illness and right. about radical politics uh, or queer as a politic, which is radical. Um, mm. And like how, yeah, I don't know. That's just sad. It's sad. It's sad. Okay. Well, to make things either sadder or better, I don't really know what I I'm doing know. with this. Is there a utopia in dystopia, especially for QPOC individuals? Hmm. What do you think? I think so here's the thing um I've had this conversation about like I always say I want to just burn shit down right mm-hmm. right um yeah. which is dystopia like everything's gone and I think I I say that a lot because I imagine the world like the phoenix like dying and like from the ashes rises something new mm-hmm. and I feel like the world needs to have that refresher um if somebody's biblical, like the washing of the earth with like Noah and the ark and like the great flood, like that was a refreshing moment mm-hmm. of us to like build and move forward. Mm-hmm. But there was still corruption. There's still stuff that's going on. But like, just imagine if we had that blank, clear slate, like what would you build from that? And I feel like that is a dystopia that can become a utopia 
if we survive that kind of thing, but also understanding the world that we live in, the most privileged people are the ones who are going to survive. So how do we have a dystopia where the like we're alive. where we're alive? That is wow. I'm thinking so we I mentioned like contradictions earlier and mm-hmm. like surviving through the contradictions. So obviously utopia and dystopia are in direct opposition to one another. But I also say I want to burn shit down. That's right. like my thing. Like, <laughs> I do want to burn shit down. And especially when I think about um, the environment, because the world is literally crumbling beneath our feet in the mm-hmm. sense that we've destroyed the only place that we can ever live. And, you know, when I think about those things, we deserve like the end. We de- like we have screwed not not everybody like Western dominant culture and um, oppression has created this. But um the earth like should end like right. we fucked it up <sighs> um but you know my fundamental belief as i said over and over again is this radical hope in believing in a utopia believing in a future and i'm just thinking about how those two things work together to keep me alive because i say that my my framework is like the intersection of afro pessimism and afro futurism and having dystopia as like a safety net like you know what, I'm going to be fine if we're all destroyed because, like, this is bad. And I'm glad that it that means that it will have ended. And then also always keeping in mind and looking forward to this utopia that I'm fighting for, for my, you know, the people who come after me. Right. Um. So looking at how those dystopia and utopia function in conjunction, especially as we live in a dystopia, arguably. Right. Or not arguably. <laughs> it's um, not even an argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Contradictions, utopianism. How do you manifest utopia in your own life, Isaac? Yo, that's an intense question. I, don't I didn't even prep know. you. Like you had no, no, like that was like I, I was just like, pulled Whoa. that right out of my head. Wait, I'm like <sighs> Oh God. Um I don't even know. Were we just talking about joy or something? Yeah, I, I guess feel it was so like, far away. Yeah, like was that literally this episode? Yes, it was. It oh feels my like god, <laughs> I can't even remember. Oh god, this is um, see, this is what we're talking about when we we're talking about queer black time and stuff like that. Yeah, you get lost because you're like, damn. You I can be happy one second and then mad as fuck the next, yeah. or like lost, or like confused. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I guess. I guess like how it does it manifest in my life is the moments when I can feel joy and I forget about the rest of the world. See, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be my answer too. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time that I can think of something like that. Um, and I'm glad we're having this like developed conversation about utopianism and liberation because when I say that like joy is liberation, people are like, that's so yeah, like whatever. But like it's way deeper than that. It is way I'm deeper meaning than that. a lot when I say that joy is liberation. Because it's a lot more. Okay. Let's think about this question. Okay. Come back. Okay. Take a break. So we have like a moment to like. To really breathe. Fun. And then like I feel like it ties into the last question. So like okay. we'll be good. Okay. Yeah. 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 Forward to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Cool. Hey, y'all. It's Isaac here. And I wanted to take a moment to talk about an opportunity for you to support The Table Podcast. There's this nifty website called Patreon that gives you special access to me and other members of The Table for as little as $5 a month. By becoming a patron, which is a paying subscriber, you will not only be supporting The Table podcast, but also joining us underneath the table as we talk about other topics ranging from what I ate for breakfast this morning to why I cannot sleep at night, which is oddly connected. 
There will also be exclusive content with some old and new guests, including people like Aaron, Lily, Darren, and anybody else who wants to join the pod. I'm excited for the opportunity to do even more work, and I am thankful for all the support, regardless of if you are a patron or not. Thank you so much for riding this wave with me, and let's get back to the show. And we're back. Hi. So, I'm making my voice higher. So Welcome we sound back. happy. Yes. Because we just. It's dessert time. It's time Yummy. to eat. <laughs> right. So to close out that conversation about like utopia and it being so distant, but it's something that we want and it's very easy to get, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen. And how like we're in a dystopia, but like we're trying to create a utopia. I actually want to have tangible things to create a utopia in the world in this nation in Lawrence motherfucking Kansas okay. like how would we create this space what would it look like where would it be at like literally most of the time like the white guilt and white generosity in this town gets us shit so oh like God. who's trying to make this space for us um I'm biased because I love nature mm-hmm. but um I'm just thinking like just like a pasture with like a, a big a big house Ooh, and, I like it. Like and, a farm? Yeah, like a farmhouse. And there's like a cow or a few and like a dog or a few and a few cats or something. And there's big trees. Mm-hmm. And like we all roll up and we have dinner at, or lunch or breakfast or whatever, whatever it is. Meal. We just eat together. Yeah. And there's and that's it. Like we are okay and we are together and we are out in the world with the natural world yeah um my other my first response is always somewhere that like queer people of color can dance can somebody get me like a dance hall please I'm or just rachel a know. talk pod okay um, where is it called what was the name of the place mike mountain oh what? yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah, place yeah, that's yeah. for sale it's on iowa it's next to commerce bank uh-huh you that is a perfect can we make it into place. a roller rink a roller rink because like gays roller skating oh Yo, why doesn't the roller rink here in Lawrence just have a gay night? Like a queer night oh where all the queers can just go rollerblading? Oh my god. Yo, that would be so bu- like roll bounce but gay? That's- oh my god. We just found it, y'all. We just found what? it. This is liberation. This is it. In, we have to keep going. We have to keep going. Yeah. Lawrence will have all of these queer events for like god. the queer bees that come after us. My god. Okay, what else? Um space to eat, space to dance, space yo, to laugh. That like f- that farm. Like, uh-huh, making yeah. that a shelter for, like, displaced queer youth. Oh, my God. Making that a shelter for displaced... Isaac, stop, stop. Like, I'm, I'm... Stop. This is what I'm going to be doing. Oh, my... <laughs> this is what I want. Yes. Wow. You know what? I'm really just going to, like, clip I'm out sure. this last part and send it to, like, people in the, like... Like, let's make this happen. Oh, my God. Literally me on a farm, like, taking care of displaced queer youth of color. <gasps> I just had like a, I got chills. That's like Is that my life purpose? <laughs> like did we just Is find that it? my life purpose? Like, like genuinely what? Oh my gosh. Wow. And like especially cuz we would encapsulate like this truth for like rural queer kids yeah. because you know Somebody save the rural queer kids. They like, just please, need it. They need, need it, it. because yeah. that, like they always have to find like solace in like you like urban areas but mm-hmm. like not all queer kids are into urban city development bullshit. Like, and the nature's nice. Like, let's bring them out here. Let's like, go have yeah. fun in the fucking rocks and rivers and shit. Of is. Like, uh, let's be out there. Let's hike, you know? Let's, let's, be, let's be a full, holistic human being and not have to choose spaces that we have to go to because those are the only places oh, we can go to. Oh, 
God. Uh, oh my God. Uh, we really just want to be human beings. We just want to be human beings. Oh my God. This uh, is like I'm sad. Like this is sad. Still, I'm like wow. Because we don't even know what it's like to be humans. Because yeah. Because of our identities. Because sometimes people will ask me and I'll like respond like, oh yeah, I just like to like laugh in public and that would be like nice. Um, and they're like, oh, like don't you have anything like cooler? And I'm like, no. no just like I just want to be a human being. Like that's like that's all I'm asking. Oh my God. Literally, Lawrence, make it happen. We could be like the building block for the rest of the nation, the world, even. I mean, if we, we just are did some blue, shit like this, right? we're Aren't supposedly we like, like, let's make it happen. Literally, like make your money, dollars work. Cause I ain't got none to give, I ain't got but, mm. but like y'all can make it work. I'm, I'll, I'll be the program director. Can I point us to a tangible example that has already happened of this? Yes. Mike Supremacy, mm-hmm. Danny Kane, owner of the Raven Bookstore. Shout out to Danny Kane. He is everything, man. He really shows up. He has made a space, like it's materialized. Now there is a people of color, pretty pretty queer right. um space for art and poetry in a fucking like you know like independent bookstore like that's pretty bougie right like you that know like bougie. that sounds like something that white people do like have readings at like independent bookstores in their like little hippie liberal towns but like we get to do that and it's so magical every time and Jamila made that happen and Danny like gave us a space for it and that's how you can show up for me. That's how you can make my liberated future. Because those once and one a night or once a month um, nights, um, even when I'm drained and I go, I feel like better or I feel I feel some type of way that uh-huh. I want to feel again. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it was like the first time I went was the last one we had. That was the first right. time I'd yeah. ever been. I, yeah. And um, I had always told myself I was going to go and always something else came up. But that was that was a visceral experience. Like I actually felt like a very cathartic, like nice version of myself. Like I felt very authentic without mm-hmm. even trying. And that goes back to like something else we had talked about before was like the conversation of to be seen mm-hmm. and like to not feel like I have to be a spectacle or performative. Literally, I was standing in front of a group of people performing a piece and I didn't feel that way. Yeah. Like, and I'm just thinking too about like how Jamila runs it. We have fucking community breasts. We literally breathe together, and we're operating on queer black time too. Yeah. So like, and then too, like I was at Denise Froman last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we're in Woodruff Auditorium on campus, dominantly white. Um, and she's a spoken word poet, and she's like, you know, y'all can like make noise, right? And like that's something that doesn't have to be said at Mike Supremacy. Like right. you know you can make noise, you know you can laugh and sigh and cry and like clap and, and be you and be you, and it's <sighs> okay. And the word like I'm not trying to like gas anybody up, but every single time I am floored by the talent. Um, That's true. People are truly amazing artists here, and we're not centered. And because like, I'm thinking about like who people know in town as artists, and like who people should know in town as right. artists. And yeah, yeah, that's a that's an example of a liberated space, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a, so thanks, Shamila and Danny. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are killing it, making it work for all of us. Um. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm glad that we ended on something tangible. The, the, yeah. 
But like, like even literally this farmhouse idea, I think is tangible. I'm really like, invested in this farmhouse queer youth of color retreat at like horseback riding. Like, where's a waterfall? Like, give me a waterfall. Like, Put <laughs> urban black youth into rural spaces so they can experience a holistic they can lifestyle. Plant themselves and like grow and like. And this is part of my research that I do, too, and that I'm getting into with, like, environmentalist stuff. Like, black people are from the land. Like, we literally are from the land. Putting us into urban centers was, like, I understand. It was displacement. But, Uh like, we have been on this earth building and growing for us and our slave masters and everybody Mm -hmm. else. So, like... Why would you take us away from what we were good at? And the reason Black why people are farmers. And the reason why we had to yeah. go there is because you need us to do work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because we wanted to get off yes. the land that we were. You weren't giving us the land. Yeah. You made it impossible for us to live where we were born and raised. And then you put us in a different place. And now that we're running that, you're trying to run us out of there. Mm-hmm. It's just. We already live in a dystopia that white people think is a utopia, and it's fucking me up. It's fucking me up. Oh, wow. I just went there, but that is what it is. A dystopia that white people think is utopia, and that's why they can't imagine anything else, because they're already where they need to be. But And they can't see outside of themselves, so they don't understand what what it's like to not be where you need to be. That's the reason why, okay, this is a life update, y'all, but, like, that's the reason why I don't know where I want to go after Lawrence mm-hmm. to get a job because I know anywhere I go will not be safe. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless, there's going to be something. And, like, I'm always like, okay, which one's going to be the most black POC? I literally like, Google, like, least racist state. Right. <laughs> like, that's where I'm going to grad school. Right. Like, that's the only yeah. thing you can do. Like, just trying to find, like, <laughs> your roots. Like, like you were saying, like, grasping at the roots. Who? What? I don't even know what episode that was. Yeah, the very first one we were talking about queer black. No, that was the second one. Yeah. Oh, queer as a politic. Queer as a politic. One. Yeah. yeah. We we're talking about one word for blackness. Somebody said roots, and I was right. like, "Hell yeah!" Like there we go. grasping at the roots, yeah. like just going there and finding your roots and like planting them, developing mm-hmm. them, growing them, moving them when you need to. Because plants word. can like come out of the ground and live for a little bit. Yeah. Like we can make this work. Like queer. Just, that's queer. Like listen to me, everyone. <laughs> Nature is queer because it's ephemeral. It's not stable. Okay. It's always adapting and changing and growing. And it loves itself and loves others in nuanced and very complicated ways. Oh, my God. Nature is queer. Yes to queer. You know Features what? Them. You know what should happen? We should just have, like, a panel discussion. Somebody, like, <laughs> Emily Taylorson, listen to me. Okay, <laughs> like, here we we're go. We're going to have a panel discussion. It's uh-huh. going to be me, you, and Will Sandiford. Will, I love Will. Hey, Will. And we're going to talk about the connections (laughs) between blackness, queerness, and like plants and like earth and environment. I feel like that would be a whole fucking bop. Like the whole thing. I can't deal with it. This, these are so many great ideas coming out in this one convo. Like, but that's the thing. Y'all don't steal our labor, though. Don't, like, literally, like, if if I see <laughs> if I see anything in the Lawrence you community, put my name on it. I like, need a, I need a full like. L- watch me trademark this episode. Oh I'm not playing with these girls. God. Like, I'm not playing games. Wow. <sighs> Actually, I think it's trademarked through my SoundCloud subscription. Those um intellectual property rights really got you. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, let me let me actually let figure me out what the fuck I'm yeah. like at. Okay, Rachel, I really enjoyed our time together today. This I was think. good. Yeah, this was so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can't wait until the next time. Cannot wait.
All right. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Yes. Thanks for joining us at the table. And yeah. we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. <laughs>